Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on Season 4, Episode 21, The Three Days Rule. And with me, as always, Jen. Hello. Sorry for not podcasting last week. We went away on a very Marshall and Lily-esque romantic getaway <laughs> this past weekend and then just had a lot of stuff leading up to it last week. So, unfortunately, we missed a week, and we're sorry for that, but we're coming back at you with a very good episode, in my opinion, The Three Days Rule. And we were fully prepared to podcast, but then there was a Steelers game we forgot to watch. Yeah, that's right. You know, precedence. We didn't want to be spoiled. Or priorities, rather. And they won, so it was worth it. Yeah, we got that NFL package on TV, because we only have streaming now. And so we can watch any NFL game, except we can't watch it until a little bit after it's done. And so if we have to go a whole other day without watching it, that's a day we have to stay off Facebook so we don't get results. And so they'll, they'll replay the whole thing like right after it ends, but if you wait a little bit longer, sometimes maybe the next day or a few hours, we haven't quite figured it out, they'll do a 45-minute like condensed version. Which is basically just taking out the halftime and all the commercials. Right. Well, and all the commentary and the in between. It's it's basically just the plays. Right. So. so we like watching it that way, especially when the Steelers aren't doing that well. Although the last couple games they've been okay. Yeah. So they won the last one by week this week. So. But our weekend getaway was amazing. It was really nice. We went to wine country. We went to a bunch of vineyards. We stayed at a nice bed and breakfast with sort of a. I don't know. Do we any good corollaries with who? Who our innkeeper was, the, the sexless innkeeper that was watching over <laughs> us at our bed and breakfast. Probably not, but she got no, a little nutso. Yeah, very quirky. Hopefully she's not a listener. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. We have at the end uh, an email from Danielle that I'll read, but I don't really have anything fun to go over before we get into this. Nor I. Lily's still gone, so this is another Lily this episode. And I We guess- get a scream that's supposed to be her. In a flashback. Uh, did I miss that? When um, We'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. I think Robin's still pregnant, in, or Kobe Smolders is still pregnant in this, because oh, yeah. we, we see everything sort of mid-waist up, or I'm sorry, mid-torso up, and very flowing gown-type stuff she's wearing. Yeah. Or robes. We start off this episode in McLaren's. Ted's getting a phone number from somebody, from a girl, and telling her he'll give her a call. She hopes he does, and then he goes back to sort of pontificate upon this to the gang, which is everyone but Lily. And then we get a bit of a long soliloquy by Barney about girls who end their name in Y. Well, he starts with L-Y. Well, L-Y, yes. And then it switches to ones that should end in Y, but end in I instead. Yeah, this was a setup for a joke about Lily being dirty. (laughs) Right. And also at the very end, so they could circle the joke back about Holly ending her name in an I. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it was worth it. Uh, this is a good episode, so I, that's that's one of my few complaints. Because it went on for a while. Any thoughts on the L-Y-L-I um, topic here? No, I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was fine. <laughs> I didn't think it lasted that long. Especially since we're about to go into a really long... <laughs> Jesus yeah, speech. Jesus now that I thought was worth speech. it, but we'll get there. <laughs> So comparatively, the L-Y and I discussion was short-lived. Ted wants to call her right away, play the whole, hey, remember me joke as a cute way to, to say hello. doesn't make much sense. What, the whole point of calling somebody later is to 
have a good conversation with them, set up your next get-together. If she's just walking out, it's just stupid. Hmm. Three-day rules or none. I mean, yeah, at least wait till that. If it's already nighttime, maybe wait till the next night. I think there's an argument to be made of like, hey, you know, I really liked you. Yeah, yeah maybe you're not going to have like a lengthy conversation, but just a, like, hey, yeah, glad we met. Yeah, let's talk tomorrow. Like, I don't think it's the worst idea. No, I think it's pretty bad. I think that <laughs> she's walking out on the street. There's just no reason. There, it, I see what you're saying that it could be. She could take it as a cute little follow up, but I mean, I think these days it doesn't work. It, I mean, these days are we even having a conversation about calling, or it's like it would be texting. Like, yeah, maybe he would I text wonder. her right off the bat. I'd love for people to write in that are single and let us know. When you meet somebody, do you actually call them, or is there just a lot of texting back and forth? Right. What but did we do? We we text, but that's because... We did text, but I don't we think we text met, all that much. Like, I think we, we talked... We met at a town. So when we were right. following up with each other while we were still out at a town, we text. And then when we got both got to our respective homes, we, we started calling every so often. Yeah, I think we talked every night. I don't think a, every night right after we met. Not right after... But that took a few weeks for us to start. Right. But eventually it settled into every night within a month or two. Well, texting was also a lot harder when you and I met because it was it wasn't the alphabet on a screen. Yeah. It was the nine numbers. I think when we met, I may have had the flip up LG that had an actual keyboard, but those were rare. Okay, I didn't. I had to, you know, push one once for A, one twice for B. Oh, man. One three times for C. Yeah, that was rough. Ooh, yeah. Can you imagine having to do that again? That would be pure torture. We didn't know any better back then. Hmm. But yeah, as soon as I could get a cell phone that had a keyboard, I was all over that. Barney brings up the three-day rule. We get sort of a conversation that's reminiscent of the movie Swingers, where they go back and forth on the three-day rule. And Okay. Ted's right. At this point, everyone knows about the three-day rule. Right. But Barney has a good follow-up of, you know, who came up with this. Barney says Jesus did. <laughs> and then I no, think he actually actually has a pretty well thought out. So that's my question is, you know, was this something he's been working on? He didn't, like, just improv this <laughs> off the top, right? I feel like it's something he's been working on. That's That was my guess. Who knew that Barney knew that Jesus died and came back three days later? I mean, most people know that. Okay. I'm Jewish, so I didn't know that. But, okay, fair. I like his speech. It's, it's a pretty good argument. I don't think it's a good argument. I just think it's creative. Robin's interesting in this episode. She doesn't have a lot to do. She does a lot of confused facial <laughs> right. act reacting. reacting. Yeah. So if you just watch her throughout his speech, she's kind of going through a range of 20 different faces <laughs> as, as Barney's explaining this. Right. So, yeah, Barney... So Ted, you know, asks who came up with the three-day rule. Barney immediately answers Jesus. Marshall tries to to get this off <laughs> the track, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And Barney has a pretty well-laid-out argument. Yeah, he waited three days because it was perfect. If he had waited longer, people wouldn't have known. Saturday, everybody's busy. I don't know. <laughs> like, I like how Ted tries to cut him off. Okay, I promise I'll wait three days. Just please stop talking. <laughs> right. And but so, Barney keeps going. Right. And Barney has a whole dialogue of, 
They'd be like, Jesus, what up? And Jesus would probably be like, what up? I died yesterday. And then they'd be all, you look pretty alive to me, dude. <laughs> Robin <laughs> chimes in with an ancient dialogue. Sounds so stilted now. Yeah, it's a good cut in. <laughs> and this is also where Barney posits that Jesus invented the high five as he was telling everybody that he was back from the dead. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so we wait three days to call a woman because that's how long Jesus wants us to wait. I like that theory better than Jerry Seinfeld's theory of it came from the Heil Hitler. The Heil I don't five. remember that. Oh, 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 the high five. Okay. I was like, I don't remember Seinfeld <laughs> having a three-day rule <laughs> bit. No, where the high five came from. Ah. So Ted won't call her within three days, but he is going to send her a text. We're back at his apartment. And he started things off with something cute and charming. I was thinking about you, so I thought I'd send you a little texty text. And then we see the phrase texty text kind of floating in the air as Ted realizes that this is a terrible thing to text anybody. And we get, you know, him trying to, like, chase it through the apartment, out the window. Yeah, and the window's open. It actually goes out through the open window. <laughs> as he realizes, yeah, once it's texted, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And he can't get it back. Kind of cute. And then he gets a text back. 23 Supposedly minutes from later. Holly. I've been thinking about you, too. And how weird is it that you texted me while I was in the bath? <laughs> and then Ted has a weird little chuckle. <laughs> So, Robin wants to know what the noise was about. And Ted said he got a text. Robin said that was his naked lady noise. And then we get a montage of Ted making that noise as he either sees or is told about naked women. Right, and so this is where he supposedly walks in on Lily in the bathroom. We get Lily screaming. Quote, unquote, Lily screaming. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Sure. And then they're watching something about indigenous women doing laundry, and then some art show, very abstract art that Ted thinks is a boob. (laughs) I thought that was good. (laughs) Right. The abstract painting. And so every time a boob comes into question, we get Ted's little naked lady noise, as Robin phrases it. Ted once again denies that that's what his noise is. Robin opens up her robe in front of him, and he makes it again. (laughs) Apparently him and Holly stayed up until 2 in the morning texting. And then the whole into the whole next day too. But you skipped over the whole best part of this episode, <laughs> or the correlation in our life, which was when Tyler was a baby and was breastfeeding. <laughs> Anytime he'd be about to nurse, he would make a noise that sounded really a lot like Ted's naked lady noise. I remember him making that noise. I don't remember it having anything to do with breastfeeding. <laughs> it would be when he was wanting to nurse, <laughs> and I was like, you know, adjusting things and getting. <laughs> my boob out. He would start to make I don't noise. know. I it, think well, you're reinventing I that story. Because I do remember him making that noise when he was little. But I just don't remember it having... I, I think I would remember it if it was in direct I can't correlation. believe you don't remember it. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Because <laughs> we used to joke that he was making a naked lady noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we had gotten that on tape, that would have been funny. <laughs> the video or audio? Audio. <laughs> No, we don't need that on video. Ted's talking with, he's texting with Holly, he's talking with Robin. Says what Holly just told him she is wearing is really pretty hot. Yeah. Robin but, already calls bullshit on it without even knowing. She's lying to make you like her. And then she actually reads the text and confirms no woman in the history of the world is ever just sitting around reading architecture magazines in my old cheerleader uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he notices a text come in that 
rattles him. It looks like it was meant for somebody else. Something about taking gener- calling somebody baby and picking up takeout from Gennaro's. So it sounds like maybe Holly lives with somebody, a guy that she calls baby. And <laughs> I'm not sure I like this joke by Robin, but she does deliver it with a lot of gusto. I went into the six in like reading the transcript being like, oh, that's going to be my worst joke. But you're right. Her delivery and her little like smirk as she knows it's a bad joke <laughs> yeah. like, actually sells it. She on. has a few of those this episode. Where right. It's a bad line, but she kind of saves it. With <laughs> she makes delivery. it work. This is the first one. She says, oh, yeah, that sounds bad, but let's think about this, okay? It could be for her brother or maybe her sick dad. Then it says, I want you to do me on the couch. Okay, maybe not a sick dad or a very sick dad. Am I right? And she does, like, this little smirk, like. (laughs) (laughs) And so it, which should not work, ends up working (laughs) on that line. (laughs) We cut to Robin joining Marshall and Barney at McLaren's. And she runs into Marshall's bag of takeout from Gennaro's and pretty quickly figures out what's going on here. <laughs> and just Barney and Marshall have no chill whatsoever as soon as she says any... Like, she doesn't even call them out on it. She just says, oh, like, oh, Ted just got a text from Holly about Gennaro's. Is this Gennaro's. the second or third... Is this the second or third conspiracy that Barney and Marshall have together? Because we have the whole thing with... GMB and building the new GMB headquarters. And I think almost twice there was sort of like a secret going on between them that they were right. keeping from Ted. I remember that one. I don't know if I remember another one before. But this. we've seen quite a bit of this this season. Yeah, the kind of pairing up. up. Right. But yeah, I just <laughs> their faces are so funny as they like try and fail to make sure Robin not know what's going on. And she immediately picks up on it. That, you know, it's the two of them texting as Holly. Barney changed Holly's number to his work number. So that way, whatever Ted did, they'd cut him off at the pass. And they just thought he was going to call. So once he called, they would answer and he'd be busted. But then when he texted, it opened up a whole new opportunity for them. So we see them getting his first text. The, the two of them are at <laughs> the texty McLaren. text. Texty text. I like Marshall. Oh, poor sweet Ted. <laughs> yeah, Marshall's ready to, you know. Spill the beans, let Ted know what's going on. But Barney swoops in with, or... Which becomes a really good running device throughout this episode to introduce a mischievous alternative to whatever Marshall's ideas are. This sort of can remind you of, is what we should have said. Right. It's one of those running things that they do that works really well in this show. Right. And then Marshall's response is always, yeah, that's better. (laughs) (laughs) So Barney thinks they should tell him that their favorite color is red and they think the cowboy look is very sexy. And then... We cut to Ted walking through the apartment in his robe and uh, red cowboy the red cowboy boots, boots past Robin, <laughs> who's Robin's looking up very face. confused. <laughs> They're getting very excited back at the bar that he put on the boots. Again, we're going with the, all right, but now it's time to tell him. And so Bonnie's like, or we just took off our shirt. Yeah, that's better. And then are they wearing a black lace bra underneath? Marshall doesn't think they're wearing anything underneath. I like Barney's, God, we're hot. Now Ted's only wearing the cowboy boots. (laughs) And they start to go on this path and then realize they're about to have text sex with Ted. I think they slow down. Yeah, they're a little confused by their own activities (laughs) at this point. They get into this debate with Rob and where they defend themselves by saying they're protecting Ted from himself. And he had that crazy look in his eye that he's about to move too fast and screw this up look. 
reminding Robin that the last time he had this look is when he told her, I love you too early. On their first date. And I like Robin. <laughs> like, this Holly's no Robin Trapatsky. Like, <laughs> very full of herself. That, like, no, he couldn't. He couldn't do this with another girl. And she tries to burn her with a conditioner comment. <laughs> right. It doesn't work. But again, like her celebrating herself, I say, I'm so bad. <laughs> right. And the look on her face, she uh, just does a great job. Great comedic timing. <laughs> so they're trying to draw I love you out of Ted. Right. Get it out of the way. So then that way, when he finally reaches out to Holly, it'll be out of his system and they can just you know, date normally. There's a couple of telltale signs that he's moving towards the I love you. Joking about getting married, making a crazy way too soon trip suggestion, and getting too personal too soon. And at, at the first two, he ends with, you know, he's kind of trying to, he says something serious and then tries to back it into a joke by saying LOL or JK. And then the last thing he is, is, is um, commiserating with her about divorced parents by saying, my parents got divorced a couple years back. It was really tough. LOL. LOL. And he clearly doesn't know what LOL means. <laughs> I always remember that. Every time I see LOL, I think about that. <laughs> I think that's actually something we quote with some frequency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we never saw him having difficulty dealing with his parents' divorce. No. I mean, I think the only difficulty was that they lied to him about it. Maybe he's just making this up to try and show some empathy. Maybe. But after all this, Ted still wasn't saying, I love you. And then they met Stan. So we get a flashback of Barney and Marshall see a text come in, and they react excitedly about it, and Stan kind of calls them out, like, why are you making so much noise? We, we're told that they explained everything to Stan, and then Stan comes in and contributes to what they write to Ted. Stan's this big gentleman with a very bass, Barry White-like voice, mm-hmm. and has a real way with the words. Yes, he's very romantic in his suggestions of what they should text to Ted. Barney and Marshall are now sort of starting to fall for Stan. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very they enamored. And we get a little questioning from Robin, too. Of like, Robin seems like she might be interested in Stan, yeah. too, just based on hearing this description of what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. At one point, Stan quotes Pablo Neruda. Which is strange that we don't see Ted recognizing that it's Pablo Neruda. Right. But it is interesting that even though Stan doesn't know that that's Ted's favorite poet... That he just pulled that quote out. Right. I guess we're supposed to just assume that Ted knows that. Like, you kind of see him reacting to the text. He's crying, or he's tearing. The one that gets him is, I do not ask of the night explanations. I wait for it, and it envelops me. And so you and bread (laughs) and light and shadow are. And I like Marshall's, (laughs) I don't know what bread was doing in there, but that touched me here and here. Barney says, well... If Ted won't say it, I will. I love you. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Stan sits and thinks for a second, and he goes, that's cool. <laughs> so okay. Stan's got to get to work, but he will be back when the wind and fates and chance bring him back, which is tomorrow, because it's cheesesteak day. He apparently goes to McLaren's every day for lunch. Right. And so here's what Robin wants to know if Stan has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but then- yeah, sight unseen, I'm sort of impressed with Robin here that she's really into the soulful type. That's not Robin's M.O., Right. Robin's Maybe more she's like, trying something new. Robin's more like the girl that, you know, was talking about Pablo Neruda's pretentious <laughs> douche. <laughs> right. The one that, that Ted does naked, naked man for. <laughs> right. 
But then Marshall sent that text to Ted that was meant for Lily, and he ruined everything. But, so Robin directs them, like, he need, they need to apologize, tell Ted what's going on. And then leaves. And then Barney says, or... <laughs> and when Robin gets back to the apartment, Ted's already got the next text up that they sent to explain what happened there. <laughs> right. Apparently her dumb friend, Marsha, accidentally used her phone to meet to text her husband, Billy. Then Robin goes... Marsha and Billy. No one's bringing any muscles there. <laughs> right. So Marsha instead of Marshall, uh, Billy instead of Lily. Right. And so here's what Robin can't take it anymore and lets Ted know it's just Barney and Marshall. And so we get a good... Wait, so well, the... before she reveals it, he says, I think I might actually be falling for this girl. Right. So I think that tips Robin yeah, yeah, yeah. over. Sure. But Ted wants to know that, you know, the whole time it was them, Holly wasn't in the bath or sitting by the window looking up at the stars thinking about me. Or lounging in her old cheerleader uniform. Picturing Marshall and Barney very romantically in all of these scenarios. (laughs) And Robin's, yeah, I don't think they actually did those things. They were just at the bar. (laughs) Yeah, I like how this whole episode is very male gay friendly. Mm -hmm. In that, you know, there's no, none of them are cringing over these things. Right. It just is. Right. Them having feelings for Stan. And they actually start fighting over, you know, who would... Who would Ted rather be with? And yeah. we get a little bit later. Yeah, there's no like, oh my god. Like, there, yeah. there is a little. Why do we keep trying to sleep with Ted? But at the same time, they, they at no point do they seem overly uncomfortable with it. There's right. no gay panic in this right. comedy, which exactly. which was common at the time. Yeah, it was more of just a question of like, oh, why are we doing this? <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast called Victory, and it's by Doug Allen and a couple of the actors, uh, Kevin Dillon and Kevin Connolly from. Entourage, and I think I've mentioned on here before that I was looking for a good Entourage podcast. Mm -hmm. So they started one. Not every episode is a recap of an episode on there. Sometimes they just have someone on that they're interviewing that either was related to the show or some some people that maybe weren't but are just friends of theirs. Like Mike Tyson's been on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they have good interviews. And they do address a lot of what they get hammered for now, which was all the homophobic language mm-hmm. and potentially some of the misogynistic language or actions and just saying, hey, you know, this is what Hollywood was at that time. We, we, sure. If we were to do this today, we, we could not include al- almost any of this language. <laughs> right. And so they're, they're up Ari front. Ari would have been canceled a long time ago. And he actually did get canceled in the show. Oh, did he? Yeah, because he got busted on tape for saying all this horrible stuff about oh. ball gagging a woman and... Uh, it got released into the press, and so he, his wife tried to leave him because of this. I was that why? And that's, that was at the very end of the, <laughs> the last season. But that being said, yeah, they're, they're very much adamant about how this was the way guys talk. It was now, representative of what was going yeah. on at the time. Now, in my it rewatches, doesn't make it right, but there's it just was. way too much homophobic language. And, and you know, using the, the F word for gay, mm. trying to masculinity shame each other. Mm-hmm. So okay, fair enough. It was it was, it was what guys were doing at that time. And know? I mean, I guess it's also the difference between you know, HBO and CBS. This is all also around two, the year two thousand. So or around, yeah. I'm sorry, two thousand and three is around when it started. Oh, it was, okay. So yeah. So yeah, this this is much. it's extremely old. But I do notice that through the course of their conversations with each other, when they're giving each other a hard time, there still is a little homophobic. Conversation going on. Oh, really? Not nothing harsh against the gay community, but more like, you know, using puns. Like someone would say, "Oh, I'll back him up," and you'll back him up, dude. Gross. Mm-hmm. Just like guys, 
I know you. And you're think, like in your forties at this point. Yeah, I know. Right? I know you think that you're just kind of softly masculinity sh- masculinity shaming each other, but what you're actually doing is saying that what these people are do with each other is gross in their sexual activity, and so I don't think they even realize. Probably not the insult that they're handing out. Right. But it's still a I good mean, podcast. Then- <laughs> It's the first good one for Entourage ever, so. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, for so long that was just the way guys related to each other. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, my friends and I, through college, that's how we would tease each other. Right. And hopefully, yeah. Maybe that generation's lost, but <laughs> hopefully the younger ones come oh, out Oh, God. God bless. I hope so. That they don't have to hold masculinity it's such a, in such high regard. Right. Okay. So. Any whoozle. <laughs> Steve's off his soapbox now, which is rare. We don't usually get a Steve soapbox. Usually I'm just complaining about how people talk. <laughs> so now that the cat's out of the bag, Robin suggests that Ted just tell them that he's on to them. We got an or from, from Ted. Ted this time. That he wants to mess with their heads. Right. So Robin thinks he should go with, I haven't told any of my friends yet, but I only have three months to live. All right. So I really like this. Sequence here, and <laughs> I want to be Robin, so let's do this one, okay? Could okay. be Ted? Sure. Oh, I got you. How about, I haven't told any of my friends yet, but I only have three months to live. Not bad. How about, I once killed a man with a shovel, and those feelings are creeping up again. I like that thing someone said before about having three months to live. How about, I never told anyone this, but I slept with my best friend's mom. That is good. But I feel like we keep coming back to that three months to live thing. <laughs> I love it. What, this reminds me of something else she did. I, I'm, it's not coming to me. The other thing it makes me think of is the Seinfeld where Elaine and George are trying to come up with a lie about what he's doing meeting with Elaine. <laughs> right. And they're trying to work <laughs> on a lie together, and uh, they're, not, they're not coming together on this thing. And so right. it kind of makes me think of that, that scene as well. <laughs> so Ted knows what he wants to do. We cut back. Now we're at GMB where they get a text back from Ted and he says, I probably shouldn't tell you this. I mean, we barely know each other, but what the hell? I'll just say it. And obviously they think he's building up to, I love you. Right. Marshall wishes Stan was there. (laughs) (laughs) We get a very wistful from Barney. Stan. What they read from him is, I sometimes have gay dreams about my best friend. And so immediately they start disagreeing about who Ted is referring to. Right. This back and forth is okay. I think it's funny that that's, you know, their, their immediate reaction is to go into uh, which one of us is Ted's best friend, you know. Which was Ted's <laughs> purpose all along. Is that he, right, he thought of this this will yeah. this'll have them going at each other. Right, yeah, this has dual purpose. It'll mess with them and make them argue with each other over the thing that they always argue about. <laughs> yeah, this was a Barney-level stratagem. Mm-hmm. So Barney's argument is that he works out, he's in shape, he... Yeah, he's more the physical type for Ted. Marshall knows Ted better and knows what he would do to, to, to pleasure him. And also Marshall's snuggly. Deal with it. <laughs> and then they ask themselves again. I, too, again, as a snuggly person, know how Marshall feels. You are very snuggly. Yeah. Uh, and then they wonder to themselves again why they keep trying to have sex with Ted. Yeah. So Barney and Marshall and Robin are all at the bar and they're telling her what's going on and continuing to bicker about who it is Ted's referring to. 
<laughs> Robin comes back. <laughs> Who cares? So Ted has great dreams about one of you guys. It's not like you found out he has three months to live. That's like shocking, right? <laughs> they don't even pay attention to her. <laughs> right. Ted enters. I'm like, Marshall, how's it going? Best friend of 12 years. Ted leads them into listening to a story of a dream of his. They think it's going to be erotic. It's actually a long, droning story about having lunch with his five favorite architects. And then Marshall's confused. (laughs) No other dreams? Nothing confusing or erotic? So now, at this point, they need to get out of him. Who does he want to sleep with? Which one of them? Right. And so to get this out of Ted, Marshall posits that, you know, how at some point in the future machines will rise up against us. Ted goes along with this. Yeah, sure. So the machines, they've killed everybody, and all that's left is you, me, and he, like, kind of puffs himself up as he's saying this, and Barney, and does a very dismissive, like, hand wave at Barney. (laughs) Which one of us would you, like, get with? Ted's not sure why we have to get with any of them. (laughs) The machines are forcing you. That's how they get down. They have to watch. (laughs) This is really going to be similar to later when... Marshall's trying to get out of Lily, who's the Reacher and who's the Settler. <laughs> right. <laughs> with his scenario of Oprah. Like, and Oprah's tried everything? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a great reveal here, the way he says. That's a tough one. I guess it would have to be Holly. Right. Uh, they could have done that better, but yeah. that's fine. It gets us to the next thing. So, you know, he knew where she worked. He tracked her down. This and is we after get a, finding so out. I finally figured out what this reminded me of. Because uh, I was like, this, this setup seems a little familiar, where he's, like, rushing, telling what happened, and then somebody walks in. Oh. <laughs> Funny. She, she's about to say exactly the same thing I wrote in my notes. Go ahead, though. Right. So, yeah, it's very similar to earlier in the season when he very rush explains that, like, oh, yeah, I did call Karen, and we had lunch, and we've been seeing each other, and we're about to go out again. And then, and then Karen, Karen walks in and happily and snuggles up to him. Right. And this is the same exact thing. The timing works out just right where she's right. walking in as he's explaining that uh, he did end up reaching out to her after he found out about them. and. Wants to know from her, did I call you too soon? And she loves that he called right away. She thought it was romantic. She does have a cheerleader uniform. Well, oh, no, she, she doesn't. That. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I'm sorry. Um, she reads Architecture Magazine's nude. And she spells Holly with an I. <laughs> right. So Marshall apologizes. You know, we were just trying to help you. <laughs> Barney adds in. Also, it was really fun. Yeah, that was a really good line. <laughs> that, was, that competed for best line. <laughs> And, you know, Ted makes a good point that, you know, maybe there's some girls who won't like it if he calls him right away, but those aren't the right girls for him. I remember once my brother, this is when we were maybe single in our 20s, and he said something to me like, I think I have a good pickup line for a girl, and he told it to me. It was really horrible and cheesy, (laughs) and I said, and if you find the girl that likes that, you hold on to that girl, (laughs) which is true. If you find a girl that can actually is into your offbeat sense of humor, you found the right girl. Right. Very true. And he's been married for, you know, 17 years or something. 20 years? I think he got married in 2004, because a year, oh, okay. year after I got married. Not to me. No, wait. <laughs> or did I get married in 2002? So they got married in 2003. So, yeah, almost okay, 20 yeah, years. Almost Very 20. close. Yeah, not to you. <laughs> 2002. Okay. I was 18, 19. That's not, okay. That's not embarrassing. <laughs> I could have gotten married. Often we talk about things I'm doing in, like in college or such, and you're like, oh, God, I was eight. I was in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so narrator Ted reveals that, you know, the, the date with Holly 
did not go well. You know, maybe he didn't need to wait the three days, but she definitely did. Now, doesn't all the don't all these things make her the perfect fit for him? I'm not sure if he's into her. He's not into her for whatever reason. Yeah, but he said all these things in text to her. I guess it's different in person. I guess yeah, maybe the energy seemed off. Too desperate, maybe. Maybe I I think he moved on too quickly. Even though he eventually gets the right girl, it seems like her doing all the things that he was just trying to do via text just makes them look like more of a match. Yeah, no, it's a valid point. So he ends it with as he's talking to the kids that when he got their mother's number, he called her right away. So our last scene is Stan entering the bar. Barney, Marshall, and Robin are there. Um, they're really excited. They can all hang out. Stan took the day off. But Stan reveals that he has a date and <laughs> asks Robin, you ready, baby? <laughs> For some reason, Barney and Marshall want them to stay and have a date with them. We get It'll sort be of the, fun. Look, fun we're here. You like magic? All right. Where do you think I rank this? Oh, 17. Not that good, but not far off. I ranked it 25. Okay. But you, you did catch that it was, you know, a top-tier episode for me. My favorite joke are really all the Robin three days to live lines, <laughs> a combination okay. of all of them. What about you? I like uh, Robin's. Yeah, I don't think they actually did those things. They were just at the bar <laughs> after the scene of, you know, Barney and Marshall acting out all the things that Holly was supposedly doing. I think my least favorite was Barney with the girls that end their name in L.Y. speech. Mine, we actually, we skipped over in the recap, but was when Barney said, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I don't speak, I never get laid. Okay. When Ted says, you know, his rule is, if you like her, you call her. Yeah, it wasn't horrible, but there wasn't a lot to choose from in this episode. Yeah. Jen, would you like to read Danielle's email as you are in charge of these days? Because we need a woman's voice to really capture it. Okay. Hey guys, I really enjoyed this episode, especially Barney and Marshall slowly getting more and more absorbed into their bit. Robin was a really funny straight man for the episode. Agreed. I, I think Texy Tex is cute. To be fair, this episode does solidify me as the female introverted version of Ted. Like, I would never admit to daydreaming about how a new crush could be the one and what life would be like married. I would legit have multiple crushes in all my classes, so it's likely a good thing I'm in a major with mostly women. Should we crush start? on women, Daniel. It's okay. What's that? <laughs> you can crush on women too, Danielle. It's, it's okay. true. <laughs> yeah, could, are we, should we be figuring out what, with all these little hints about Danielle, what she's studied? Oh, she told us. Um, it was on Twitter. Yeah, Danielle wrote us on Twitter a couple weeks ago and said, I actually study nutrition and food science. Okay. Continue on. Okay. It's hard to believe this all happened in one day, or technically two days, since a lot happens. Hmm, that's true. The worst joke, Ted's naked lady noise. The joke wasn't terrible, but there were a lot of other funnier jokes. I, I kind of like the naked lady Yeah, noise. me too. <laughs> maybe, maybe mostly because Tyler did it too. Right. The best joke would have to be the return of the red cowboy boots. Robin's expression really made me laugh. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good one. That. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Thanks, Danielle. We appreciate you. Next week, we have... Right place, right time. So I think that's the return of Stella and Tony. Oh. Is it the one where Tony's trying to help him get a job? I don't think so. I think this is the one where maybe, is this where they're about to get married and then Tony starts having doubts? Yeah, but I thought they were the same episode because Tony wants to help him out. 
and Ted's like, yeah, I'm, I'm starting my own business, small small business backbone of the economy. And Ted's oh. like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'm thinking that happened later because I thought that was after Ted already like clearly failed at his business. But maybe maybe it comes back around. Oh, you know what? You're right because well, he's pitching those guys for the. Like a barbecue place that's shaped like a cowboy hat. Yeah, is that next episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's part okay, of it. Okay, then yeah, so, maybe it is. I think I, I guess I thought that he had more time with his business. Than is his. It, I'm guessing it's also the one. So I guess yeah, it would make sense that they would end the season with him, you know, kind of not not moving forward with the business and then going forward with his new gig as a professor. Yeah, I also think it's one where. Barney's trying to talk his way out of a park, uh, out of a speeding ticket. Oh, really? Yeah, because right place, right time. No. Ted is telling his children about a series of seemingly unrelated events that took place in 09. All at around the same time. Robin getting food poisoning and vomiting on air. Barney miscalculating that a Czech supermodel will be his 200th sex partner. Oh, this is where they talk about... Uh, <laughs> the list. Yeah, the list and... <laughs> The guy in elementary school said he already slept with 100 women, and that's why Barney's doing this. He didn't have a petty walk either. <laughs> I'm already predicting that might be my favorite joke from next week, the petty walk line. I don't know. Marshall's charts? Charts and graphs? Oh, charts and graphs. Yes. <laughs> Marshall overusing poster-sized charts he has made up by the graphics department at G&B. Why is he telling him these stories in combination? Because they all led to him standing on a certain street corner at a certain time, which resulted in him meeting their mother. Actually, I feel like that. No, oh, that's not yeah, right. no, that didn't actually have anything to do with. It. Okay, no, it's yeah. he. They try and sort of tease it. Yeah, that way. I but feel like no, that it's just up. him running back into Stella. She's not actually in the episode. She's just at the very end where he runs into her. Oh, okay. Well, okay. We can we can talk about it next episode. I can almost see the connection. Going to sort of be related, but not the way the teaser makes it seem. Yeah, they do this to us a lot of times on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Tell people where to write and find us. Find us at RunkleRecaps.com. Email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. On Twitter at RunkleRecaps. And Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. I'd like to say that I'm going to be here next week, except for I only have three days to live. That is, so. like, shocking. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>